Hi, I'm Neil and welcome to the Crosscast. It is almost here. Yes, the World Championships are just days away. We've been building up to it all season. And actually, when I was doing some of my prep, I realised I did my first um, my first pick months and months ago for this. Anyway, it's now time to give it a comprehensive preview with our tips for the top but before then, we will be reviewing the finale of the 2022-23 World Cup with races from sunny Spain and, uh, well, I don't know, fast France. It wasn't frozen, as I thought it might be at one point. Now, today we are joined in the studio by cyclocross talent, five times national champion Ian Field, and of course, by my co-host Matt Payne. Now, Matt, I know you're going to be travelling soon. Have you got your bags packed? I wish. <laughs> I wish we had an absolutely manic weekend uh, recording. Uh, we actually put out, uh, I think it was five, if not six shows uh, from here over the course of the weekend. So it's pretty manic. And today's been all about getting lots of prep in for it. But no, um, the pack, the only bits of the bags that are packed are the bits that weren't unpacked uh, from the last uh, World Championships in Abu Dhabi for the BMX and the trials that I was out at last time. And actually, I opened the suitcase and went, oh, right, okay, and I shut it really quick again with that classic sort of pull it out from underneath, but oh, 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 yeah, okay, I'll deal with that later. No, really looking forward to it. It's uh, one of the very few events. I'm actually going to be down and dirty and get my hands in uh, and... Uh, Going to actually put my hands in the in the grass, you know. Anybody who's actually seen me turn up, you'll see me walk around the course, and you know I'll actually be getting my fingers into the into the turf and onto the bend and stamping on a bit of mud and just to get the feel of it. And and I do miss that, I must admit, with the uh, the increasing remote commentary. But that's that's kind of you know that's that's as the world evolves. But yeah, really looking forward to it. It's a great venue. It's got a good view. I mean, I actually see something from the commentary box, which is quite nice as well. It's uh, right up on that sort of finishing straight. It looks out over hordes, proper scrum to get anywhere on site at that point. It really is. And it's a bit of a, a battle to get in and out in one piece, pretty much. But it's great. I mean, that's, you know, that's what we love about the cross bit. But, you know, it is very different behind the scenes. And being actually on the race line, you know, they, they, they get this nice closeted life. Or that's, that's how it seems to me, you know, that the riders turn up and they get to go on this nice little taped off section on the way around. But I guess Ian, you know more about that because obviously, you know, we maybe didn't quite get mobbed in quite the same way in the UK, but there has been plenty of times when there's been some really big crowds like down in, in Cyclo Park for Nationals and things like that. And Abergavenny was busy. And you, you've had that, haven't you, Ian? And, and, that's just in the UK. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things that you would, in the team meeting, perhaps at World Champs, like just get reminded of um, night before the race. Like, yeah, just make sure you leave the camper like five minutes before you normally would because the crowds are going to be big, that sort of thing. And just takes you that little bit longer to get to the start line, etc. And yeah, with the race nerves, that being a little bit higher for World Champs, it was always like added to it because... Uh, yeah, we do have little funnels that we can get through to get places faster than the majority of people. But still, like when everyone's drunk and falling over in front of you, uh, yeah, can be rather tricky. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And was it a big step up? I mean, 
your career started racing in the UK, racing locally, then, you know, getting those multiple national wins and all those trophy races where it was a step above your local, it was much bigger step then from local league to trophy and then to champs and then to continental racing. Did it, did it come as a shock initially? Um, with my career, I kind of did it in a bit of a weird way because I was on the mountain bike Academy and Due to that, like I got taken to under 23 worlds as a cross rider, world cups, etc. Almost before I'd really done like a proper national trophy series. Um, <laughs> it was a bit strange. And then, kind of coming out of Mountain Bike Academy, I just went to live in Belgium because that's where the pinnacle of the cross scene was. So I went to live there. And it was quite a number of years before I actually came back and really did like a full national trophy series. Like I would pop back and like do the odd one sort of thing to pick up some points. So yeah, for me, it was almost the other way around. But (laughs) the biggest thing I saw was the increase in kind of the numbers at UK races over my career. Like, yeah, the final few national champs I did were so much bigger than anything else we'd seen in the UK. Um, and yeah, it's great to see it kind of continuing that way, really. Yes, yeah, it's, it's so busy. I mean, uh, I know at peak there were 800 people um, pre-COVID, 800 entries pre-COVID at a weekend of national uh, cross at, uh, at national champs. And you're like, this is seriously big numbers. They're not quite there now. I mean, a lot of sport has taken a dip, including... Uh, including cycling and including cross, which it's just that volume. I saw the same, I mean, fairly parallel in your career, I guess, my time on the microphone, sort of Sutton Park and the the, the, the crowds that sort of went in there in the very early days, right the way through losing Sutton and sort of into things like Cyclo Park, where, you know, you've got the TV cameras and you've got the big TV host in there. You've got the stages just packed and fighting your way to get from one place to another. Every, I, I, it's great as you know we've, we've we've both kind of seen that um but i keep on talking about it. you know not using your legs quite so much although uh, i guess you still get on the bike coaching because that's been that was kind of the first step off the off the full-on race scene yeah so um kind of throughout my career kind of from 2012 onwards i realized that <laughs> cycling wasn't going to be forever and i certainly wasn't going to uh, earn enough money to be able to retire um so I kind of did my coaching qualifications and kind of did a little bit alongside my racing um and then yeah 2020 hit and I was no longer professional rider and so launched my yeah launched my own company Veld Coaching um which hopefully both of you appreciate the joke slash play on words um <laughs> Veld being field in Dutch and Veld Ryden being cyclocross, so it works quite well. Um, and then, yeah, world pandemic hit three weeks later. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, time. So, so, I mean, setting up your own company is like it's just this absolute minefield that nobody prepares you for when you first do it. Going, I've got to do what this, and I've got to do that. And there's all bits that you don't know, and you do know, and then you think you should are going to be hard and easy. Then there's a the bits that you think are like really straightforward. Then they're just like an absolute trog to sort out i can't imagine then trying to do that in the middle of or just before the pandemic hit that that must have been did it make you think oh have i done the right thing absolutely (laughs) like yeah you're just in panic mode at that point aren't you it's like 
no one knew what was happening, kind of no one knew what was going to happen, that sort of thing. So luckily in a way, like there was almost no pressure because like everyone else wasn't doing anything. Um, So kind of everything I managed to do during that time was like a step closer to kind of launching and like making a a go of things. So um, my partner is in marketing and was kind of laid off during that period. So she could like design all my logos and like get things underway and put a load of time into it, which really helped kind of, yeah, get it started, which was kind of thankful. And then as it turned out, kind of a lot of people being furloughed were suddenly full-time bike riders. So yeah. <laughs> I had quite a few people like getting in contact being like, well, I've got all this time on my hands, like can I have a plan sort of thing? And so, yeah, in the end, it worked out quite well. Yeah, but, but I think also it's, it's you know, it's the new normal, isn't it now? Yeah, so it's kind of the fact that, what do you, whatever you said earlier, Matt, you know, you kind of did five events over last weekend. Now that, um, Ian, you know, you actually, you're, the, the, the coaching is done, you know it doesn't have to be face to face in person now so actually it does open it up um in some ways as well i think it's been a big bonus certainly from my point of view in terms of the that you know you went to one event and that was it as speaker in the field whereas remotely i can cover four disciplines in a weekend you know that's four different not just different venues but different disciplines um in one weekend and and it really has revolutionized that but you think about the number of people who when did you last do an in-person to person meeting or a coaching it's it's actually now it's more special i think and it's really made that a much it's brought that home just how how unique that is and it keeps it quite special um it's very easy i think to just sort of fall in a rut and i guess for coaching everybody now knows how to operate zoom teams and whatever else everybody's using to get backwards and forwards and talk to each other on. Yeah, exactly that. It's like everyone's so much more used to using these platforms and it's perfectly normal that, yeah, what would have been a meetup um, a few years ago, it's kind of almost easier for everyone to just go, oh, should we jump on Zoom? And it's like, go on then. And it's like, you just stay in touch where no matter where I am, where they are, and yeah, you just can still have that kind of close kind of, coach-athlete relationship no matter what the distance yeah although you do still need to get on the bike from time to time <laughs> as a as a rider as an athlete um speaking of which in i i did witness i think you know was it as much joy as you had when you first got the jerseys but i was with you when you opened the box with your old frames from when you were national champ um you know your ridleys which were kind of come, coming back to their to, to their old friend <laughs> yeah i was pretty lucky a, a few years there of my career when uh kind of madison came on board with the hargroves team and uh like full backing from ridley and shimano and all of the kind of um stuff that they imported at the time and they really got behind the whole team and especially me. And yeah, I was lucky enough to have a few kind of one off or three of um, <laughs> painted bikes. And yeah, I was reunited with a couple of those the other week. Um, I managed to buy them back off Hargroves and uh, yeah, they're now kind of hung up in the garage and uh, yeah, pride of place basically. And it's, it's really nice mementos. And it's one of those like at the time, like you really don't appreciate it. It's you're just winning bike races and 
yeah, now getting a bit older and a bit more nostalgic. Like I hadn't kept really anything. Um, I had like a custom painted helmet from Laser, um, and that was pretty much about it. Like all my jerseys are at my mum and dad's house. Like yeah. they've got them in frames, and I just gave them straight to them basically. But as I've got older, kind of all that stuff is a little bit more kind of becoming special. And then, yeah, I'd contacted Hargroves like. Do you have any of my uh, kind of specialised kind of painted bikes left? And uh, luckily they did. So, yeah, got reunited. And, uh, yeah, like even one of them's got literally Ian Field painted on it. So it's, uh, yeah, pretty special to have. Nice. And look, love it. I'm not, not sure you'll want to keep your headsets and your your microphone covers and the uh, the yeah. interfaces and the TV screen that, that comprises of the job these these days. It's and it, it's always an interesting transition where people come from and into as a, a commentator and broadcaster and watching those riders who fall into that role of, of pundit and bringing that kind of that expertise that you just only get from being a, a top level rider, but can then translate that into talking about that. And I know certainly watching the coverage that, that I've seen and watching you do that, that's something that comes at, comes across as being quite natural and I guess it has the coaching helped in that transition of actually going from naturally doing something to then explaining what it is to a rider in coaching to then I guess going into explaining it to everybody at the other side of a camera yeah I think you're spot on with that like when I first started coaching it's really easy to be like oh you just jump on the bike and then you suddenly realize that people don't know how to jump on a bike or they don't know how to go around a corner and just you don't quite realize what you're doing naturally that some people have to think about doing um and so yeah kind of over the years coaching people you learn different ways of explaining um the techniques and the different kind of nuances of cross um so yeah when when i came on to doing a bit of commentary and like the pundit work that suddenly I felt like, yeah, it was quite natural. I already kind of spoke like that to clients, et cetera. And so, yeah, I think it mass- massively helped. Definitely. And uh, now, of course, it's uh, coming into uh, world championships and world cups and, you know, commentating on the highest level races, which it's got to be, uh, it's kind of, is it, is it a good feeling looking from the other side and, and looking in at these races that you've ridden? Or is it kind of like, whoa, it's an itch I really want to scratch. I want to be there. No, I did plenty. <laughs> uh, I think it was, what, 15 world championships in cyclocross. Um, so, yeah, no. Definitely, like, loads of people keep asking me, like, oh, are you going to race next year? Are you Are going to do this? Are you Are going to do that? And it's like, I feel like nope. I did it. <laughs> like, I know the amount of time and effort it takes to get to that level. And... I haven't got the motivation for that anymore. I much prefer doing my research leading up to a race on other people, how much pain they've gone through yeah. to get to that level. And I mean, yeah. yeah. I know when I stopped racing, I literally didn't touch, and it was nowhere near your level. I know how many hours and hours I put in and, and, and you know, riding through the snow yeah. and the ice and going out when you'd rather do anything. But, and yeah, the racing's great, but it's all that rest of it. And I stopped. I didn't touch a bike for four years i didn't really ride a bike for 10 years 
after stopping racing. I think I stopped on the world's the last race was the world's masters track, and I was like sat in the middle with a big bottle of Peroni, getting told off by the commissaires. I didn't plan to stop. I didn't like announce my retirement or anything like that. Um, it just kind of happened. It like basically happened like last year where I began commentating and. Yeah, that was kind of a paid gig at weekends and racing wasn't anymore. So it was one of those. And it got to national champs last year and I got a message saying, do you want to commentate on Belgian nationals? And so my options were earn some money by commentating on Belgian nationals (laughs) or go to Crawley in what was going to be horrendous muddy conditions and perhaps get a top five. And it was like suddenly... Well, it wasn't really a debate. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, well, at least as you can't see, is kind of almost at the point where he said, where, where he said, really muddy crawly. Ian's face just cracked up there into the biggest smile of, and I was not going to go with that one. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, from that point on, I, di- I didn't touch a bike for four or five months. Um, rode a little bit in the summer kind of socially um and then once the winter hit again and my child was born i didn't touch the bike again for another three months and then five weeks ago for some reason i jumped on the turbo and i've just been doing like a few turbo sessions here and there like tour de zwift and stuff like that and uh, getting my ass absolutely handed to me <laughs> I, I, I can see an, another victor, another rider f- along with marty and uh, manon on the donny chain gang on the uh, zwift and uh, we'll, we'll get you a, we'll send you some links over in <laughs> neil's an absolute addict and uh, oh, even really? when he's supposed to be off the bike actually i appreciate say this in front of you uh, he, he never goes on when he shouldn't be on the bike it's all much honest gov uh, yeah. and uh, doesn't just turn up and just ride around just to say hello to the gang the regulars on there so uh, yeah, you never know. We'll see you on there. Now, I guess we better talk about some racing that's just happened. Yeah, I mean, I think Benidorm, Pidcock was there you know, saying farewell to his world champs jersey and ended up finishing in fifth place where we had uh, Van der Poel, Van Aert and Ezerby, uh top three. It could have been any time really over the past X years, couldn't it, um, in the men's elite. But that did mean that Sveik finishing fourth actually wrapped up the World Cup. And it was a similar story in the women's with Van Empel. Fem Van Empel taking the win, but again, wrapping up the series as a whole ahead of Peters and Van Anroy. The first time to Benidorm, and it was quite refreshing, I felt. The tickets were sold out three days in advance for the, the main area. And that was 10,000 tickets just, just sold out just in a, in a flash. And you're like, well, okay, this could be entertaining. And then... You know, we all had preconceptions of what it was going to be like. I thought it was probably could have been my my absolute highlight of the season. I mean, great racing, amazing racing in the men's and the women's. In fact, in all the races, as I watched as much as I could of the uh, coverage uh, that was coming out, also testing the cameras. I mean, just brilliant. And I was getting uh, updates from the riders beforehand, going. Well, it's starting to clear a bit. It's, oh, it's sharp rocks. The tire's going to have to be hard. We don't know what we're going to put in them. We're going. I was just thinking, this is leading up. This could be absolutely astounding. And then you have the big three, stroke big two, depending on which commentary team you listen to <laughs> and who it is. I'm definitely a believer of the big three. They're definitely global in terms of their um, their reach and cross-discipline for me. 
And I think that's the big thing. So that that battle, Tom took it out. And I have to say, you know, he went for it from the gun. And he was really aggressive in the early part of the race. And he was he clearly wanted to ride that jersey and really show it off. And I thought that shows just how much he, he, he loves the cyclocross. You know, he was almost the same kid I saw riding around Peel Park, you know, in the in the really muddy, crappy conditions, pushing it until it basically broke. Oh, it was brilliant to watch. Um, absolutely fascinating. And yeah, reminded me of kind of one of those early season crosses that we normally get where it's dry and dusty and it's bunch racing, super fast. And yeah, I'm sure anybody could have ridden around that course, but you put in the speeds that those guys and girls are racing round at and it becomes a real technical kind of course. He saw the, yeah, both of them coming down through the woods, locking up, try, trying to slow down before <laughs> those kind of switchback corners and stuff. And yeah, really tricky. Like we nearly saw a few people go down during the races. Um, just, just one of them. And I'm really glad like it didn't turn into a puncture fest because new courses can sometimes that can happen. Like that top surface goes and no one really knows what's underneath and the rocks were coming through. But um, from what I saw, there weren't too many punches, which is always good. Um, and yeah, just fascinating racing really. And seeing those tactical battles play out, that long climb was awesome. Just yeah. seeing who wanted to take it on right from the bottom. And-, and and you didn't see how steep it is. I actually got a picture uh, sent to me and it was sort of side on going, that's the hill over there. You can't see, but this is the hill. And it's like six, 7% gradient all the way up. And it just goes on and on and on. There was so racing for position to go into that the the second park as he came through the, the forest park section rather than the urban park section it really showed they had it down they knew where they wanted to be on there you saw tom do it initially and then well and van der Poel and the chase down and that final lap uh just absolutely you know how how they didn't take each other out it just shows you know top level you know hats off to anybody who rides a world cup full stop ever once but that was another level again you know that was that was that was that was tie fighter down the the valley of death stuff in the star wars bouncing about stuff that's how close he was it was brilliant to see yeah and i think that the fact it closed down the uh, the whole of the world cup we've had you know a lot of rounds and that was the end of the world cup really so, <laughs> yeah, it was i know was it, it it didn't have to be you know it could have it could have been um close it could have gone to the the last round i think we'd have seen a very very different last weekend if the world cup was was still open i i you know, in, in in benidorm with you know peter's you know trying to get the bike in front and then trying to get the elbows in front and actually <laughs> fight back from van empel you know it, it was it was yeah really really you know, shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow. It stuff. showed the people, best, didn't it? I think. Yeah. And, and and in the women's racing, I thought again that that battle, that fight, and you saw Lucinda Brand go down. You know, dropping the bike, front wheel scrubbing out. Saw uh, Persic, I think it was, having to put a stab of a foot down. You know, high speed turn around that right hand bend, and it starts to sort the the those reflexes. I just can't like, I'd have been on the floor laden in the barriers before I knew what was happening on, if, yeah. even if I could go that quick. And the guys just came around. And I was just like, that is just, just brilliant to see. And it, it did seal it. I mean, you got to feel for Michael Van Toren out ill on the day of the race. 
Yeah. He started, he'd got his numbers, he'd got his timing chips, he'd got ready to do the whole lot, and then on the day of the race, not good. You know, had a really, really not well. And not able to fight for the win, and that really just meant it was six points for uh, the win for Sveik to get, which, needless to say, he did. Um, but good to and see earlier, him on the... And earlier in the season, we are talking about you know, him getting his first World Cup individual wins in, in a race, and and actually, you look at what did he choose to do this time last year, but leave a team that had been with for a while and you know, basically go out with a team where he had a lot to prove. I think he's proved it. But what it meant was then the following week with Hammer, um, the X2O, you've got a lot of riders arriving at that. You know, some have, and, they're, and they're doing lots of different things at the that X2O race. And it, in some ways, it turned it into almost a a, a, a prep. It was almost like, I felt, I, I hate to say this, but it almost felt like you were watching a training session because people were there for so many different reasons. You got people there trying to get time. You got people there who were trying to get points to get a better grid at the world champs. And you've got people there who were there because they're not in Besançon. Yeah, and so you've, you've yeah. got loads of different reasons why people are there. And although we saw... Van Aert take a dominant win, I think, ahead of Ezebi. And this time, Van Turen out did actually make the start and uh, had a decent result. You know, so we've got kind of a Belgian top three and then a Dutch top three with Van Empel, Van Anroy and Alvarado. So you kind of got this, in some ways, marking time. There's no surprises in some some respects. You had pretty dominant wins. And I hate to say it, but you know, there was the TV coverage went down with a lap and a half to go uh, at the end of the men's race. And the level of interest didn't really drop. You know, it was still quite interesting. <laughs> yeah. you know. um, it was, you know, the did chat you know, carried on. Nick, did, did you wake up from your slumber, Neil? In the, uh, I was building wheels. But yeah, it was a strange, it was a, uh, yeah, really strange. Uh, and you've got um, no, Mason, there it was probably one of the only riders i think where it's like you know he's there in in new kit he's he had something to show you know he was yep. you know coming in you know can he keep this excellent form coming through to for another for another week i think in some ways the whole weekend felt like it was a there's not much to be gained here but there's a whole lot to lose if it goes wrong and there was almost a backing off by everybody you could lose your form. You could hit a post. You could come down. You could have mechanicals. You could fall out with somebody. You could do too much. I think it almost felt like everybody had like sort of a, a, a limiter on there. You know, they're basically driving along in this truck that'll do 200 miles an hour at 56 miles an hour because we're just like, yeah, we don't, we just want to do just enough. And I guess that's, that's a very difficult thing about that weekend. But there is one question which may come in, become very, very important in like when we come to do our predictions, is what happened to Tivo Nace? Because he was riding and then his lap times got long and then he DNF'd. Mm. And I, I've tried to, you know, I didn't see anything happen. I've tried to although I might have, at that point I might have been trying to locate a spoke through a <laughs> white lacing. I don't know. Um, and, but, and then he, he pulled out after a couple of duff, you know, slow, slow laps. Um, and bearing in mind, quite apart from him with his, 
what he's got to achieve next week. I've also got to try to choose do my punditry and work out <laughs> who I'm going to pick. <laughs> so, well, Tebow, that wasn't actually helpful for those of us who are trying to see what your form is, mate. No, but that could again be, well, are you going as well as you want to? Do you Are you on the edge? And do you just pull back that little bit? Is it that case of just pulling out and moving out of the way? I thought that the choices, who went where, was very telling. And it, I think it was as much about logistics as it was anything else. Do you go up into the, the Flanders Heartland and just settle yourself in the you know with a, a good 10 day run into the worlds which i guess is probably easier for some people or do you make the uh, slow journey up from spain and do it in stages which other people might have preferred calling in at besançon on the way through and i think that made for me i think there was there was, there was much logistical choice in what they did but i didn't get the impression they were on that what would you have done Ian? would you would you have gone for the more minor race or would you have gone to the world cup for me, where my position would have been going into Worlds, I'd have gone to the World Cups because points were so important. Um, I was always kind of on the verge between like second and third row. Um, that's kind of situation at Worlds. So getting a second row start would be huge compared to a third row. Um, so, yeah, I would have chased the points, the big points at the World Cups. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. I, th- I thought that it was, you know, the points, you know, if, if you yeah, I know you're like talking ranking points, but you know, in the points for the overall in the World Cups, it was it was a bit of a nothing in all of the races. You know, you've got Sveik and Van Empel, neither of whom were there. You've got Thibaut Nice, who won the under twenty threes. He wasn't there. Then Bisso, who won the men's juniors, well, he was there, but he finished 52nd. So it was like, so he was, you know, didn't get anything there. And Molengraf, the junior, in the junior women, she also wasn't there. So uh, yeah, it was, it was a really, yeah, I think from a, a season long, it wasn't quite what it could have been to say the least. I um, think there's, there's a question, Neil, that should next year, this same option present itself. Do you flip them round with Bissanson before Benny Dorm? So that Benny Dorm is this going out pre worlds, or does it then detract from Benny Dorm because you've come in and I think for me that's that the 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 X two O race is always going to draw certain riders because of that series, because it is a way to pick up points because of what it is and where it is. It didn't have to be a World Cup, but the fact that there was so much focus on that race. Now, it, it, it wouldn't have been a race in France with so many riders if it had been the um, the French, um, the Cup de France. Yeah, French yeah. Cup, I was going to call it. The Coupe de France. Um, yeah, if it had been that, that wouldn't have been televised. Yeah, and so, but and it did mean that we saw, you know, Steve Chanel, as an example, you know, with, yeah, which was just wonderful to see his... Know, in his 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 last race, um, and you know, Venturini. No, and yeah, I mean that was, you know, the Venturini. It was a right. I'm going to go for this. Yeah. It, it, you know, I felt actually for the men's race, I felt we watched like two interval sessions. Basically, we had Venturini who did <laughs> two intervals. He did a long one at the start, and then a short one with about a lap to go, and Matthew Van der Poel who did one effort that lasted 60 seconds. And that was it. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> I think, I think, uh, I mean, 
it, it kind of was reflected if you look at the results and the time gaps. You've got Peters and you've got Vanderpol. They're just like in a different, different league, different calendar. That you know, you could turn the calendar over a month and and you'd just about catch it with the riders behind. But it was done by just being dominant. They were just so good. But behind. You had all sorts kicking off, and 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 you you were seeing the pace going up, going down. You were people looking at each other. The women's race, I mean, it was good to see you know Amory first and and Inga van der Heiden coming in two and three in that race. Um, and gotta say, Zoe Backstead almost on the elite podium, but taking the under twenty three win. I mean, what a great result for her at Besançon, and I think that bodes well for the the world's the men's race though. Uh, Venturini. What was that crowd doing to him? I mean, it is was that just the the sheer physical air being blown at him by all the shouts, was blowing him around the course, or maybe they're all sort of clapping half handedly and blow it, pushing him along. I don't know, but he was just, you know, that is home crowd. That 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 for him was the Milton Keynes for Ian. Surely that that's got to have been what it's felt like. A hundred percent. It's uh, yeah. In the tricolour with his uh, custom painted Ridley, he had and uh, home crowd is definitely adds about ten percent to performance, and we saw that yesterday. He just really took the race for second by the scruff of the neck, really. And yeah, I was really hoping he'd get on the podium, <laughs> but didn't quite in the end. But um, his best World Cup result for a number of years. Yeah, yeah, almost. It, it was almost like being like, again, a decade ago, almost because you saw Sveik and you saw him and you're thinking, oh, the, you know, they're going well. You're on Vincent Bainstays, Michael Boris in the leading group. And you're thinking, yeah, this could be 10 years ago. This could be it could be eight years ago, seven years ago, but not maybe the last few years. But, uh, do you know, I thought it was, it was maybe not the most exciting race. And I think in part that was due to the changing conditions. I mean, it wasn't the muddy slog, tractor pull, the Saint-Saint. It was... Full on, fast, grass, crit, with two sets of steps to run up uh, and the the hurdles, the planks, the barriers. If you wanted to bunny hop those, then you only had to get off the bike twice. I was really telling. I think I think uh, kind of we've, we've said before how everybody suffered because they got too much rain and too much mud. They almost suffered because they didn't get enough. I think it's one of those races that's probably got a future staying in, partly because it does bring World Cup to France and I think it's also really a great race for all conditions it's never ter- really terrible I know it was bad yeah. last year but it wasn't the worst we've ever seen and it's so and again it wasn't the the worst and I think that maybe it'll be a, a case of changing lessons out learn in there it certainly wasn't the best race in the World Cup this year oh, best race oh that's that's <laughs> that's hard that's a tough call yeah I've I agree. It's a tough call. Um, best I'm best World to, Cup I'm te- race. I'm, te- I'm tempted to say, should we ask Ian first? Because then <laughs> <laughs> just become the new boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you, I let me tell you what I did. I I thought, which one do I want to go back and just have a look at again? And and I kept coming back to Holst. For me, that's the one. If I was had to, if I was to go back and watch a, a race again. It would be Holst because a lot happened. It was it was a bit manic. It was fast. If you yeah, Pidcock broke his wheel. Yeah, and yeah. So there was a lot going on all the time in in at Holst this year. So for me, that would be my favourite. 
Oh, this year, I, I, maybe, yeah, I, I like, I, I, I did enjoy, I, I like the new version of the course at Zonhoven as a World Cup with the uh, double descent rather than the big long run back up again. So I quite like that. Uh, Got to say, Benidorm, maybe, to be honest, you know, I'm going to really upset all the traditionalists here <laughs> and go, <laughs> I really like that. And I felt it was kind of guilt. Guilty pleasure round, definitely Benny Dorm. That's definitely my guilty pleasure round because he shouldn't really have enjoyed it as a cross addict fan fanatic. But do you know what? I really did. Um, I'm not sure what my favourite round was. I probably would say Zonhoven, but I'd probably say that whatever series it was in ever anyway. <laughs> and I could say that having not having to ride it. What about you, Ian? I think we've got three different ones then. Uh, I think I'm going to go for Dublin. Because the women's race was a cracker, came down to kind of a long sprint finish between Pook and Femme. And then in the men's race, we had Talgate. So there was a group of six, seven in the men's race, right up until WoW eventually got back to the front of the race, which was touch and go for a while there. But yeah, for me, the crowd was really good. Um, new venue, I always like that, especially going to a new country. Um, and yeah, I thought the racing was good. I thought the course was good. I tell you something, in I'd, I'd agree with you in terms of the difference. It's probably the one that when you saw the, the course preview and the pictures and the mountain social media beforehand, you thought, mm, okay, this isn't really inspiring. I wonder how this is going to play out. And you watched it and you were like, it wasn't just edge of the seat stuff. You kicked the sofa into the back walls, squished the dog on the way through, and you know you were just like cheering at the TV screen. On and and that was course design. Did that a hundred percent course design, and the crowd were astounding. Uh, and I thought, yeah, a, a great round. But you know, we we we've been fairly cynical about the globalization of cross. And this massive change and, and these different venues and the takeover of, of Flanders starting doing the organising, it's more and more rares and being more involved. I think this this round is definitely a hit, not a miss. And the the, the whole series this year has been a hit rather than a miss. I, I, I've been pleasantly surprised. Stroke absolutely loved every second of it. I don't, you know, and I think it, it, it's kind of in that view that you think, oh, Besançon was 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 well, maybe not quite on the par, but what a season! I mean, what a season yeah. to go out on for Steve Chanel. You know, David Vanderpol, uh, last right, last season, last World Cup for him. Um, we've seen Ellen, Ellen Van Loy as well. Yeah, you know, Ellen yeah. Van Loy's uh, retiring. Yeah, so I, I sort of feel you know Chanel and Van Loy. You know, they've they've been. You know, I've been. I feel like I've watched them. Certainly, my kids have grown up. You know, literally watching them. Uh, so it's kind of going to be, yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. That that's the, uh, the, the end of their, and end of their careers. And so perhaps this is a good point to bring in the bell and move into the last Ronda. So in less than a week, we are going to have two elite world champions. And we know that neither the elite men or the elite women's jerseys will be re-won or even defended. I'm absolutely 
gagging for it is the <laughs> I'm looking forward to this one. No, that's a phrase I never thought I'd hear you say on the crosscast, Neil. That's for certain. <laughs> well, okay, let me. That goes back to the Velocast. That's a, that's a, that was a, an expression we used to bring in the Velocast back in the day. That was a long time ago. Indeed. Do you know what? It's it's Hugerheide, and I've mixed feelings about that as a a course, as a venue, as a race, and I think I'm pro- probably quite sort of flip floppy, sitting on the fence half the time, and sometimes it gives us great racing, sometimes it doesn't. It's a bit, but I think if you're going to have an average, and I don't mean that in, in a derogatory manner, an average course that that represented what low countries. Heartland Cross is on the continent. It probably is really representative of that. It's got steps in there that are, you know, A, they're really long, B, they're really steep, and you don't get an idea of just how bad they are on TV. So you actually walk up them two or three times and then decide that really there should be an oxygen machine at the top of them. And then you've got like the descent, the bank into it where we saw the issues before you know we've we've seen big crashes on there we've seen people take each other out we've, we see so much and 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 that's just in the little bit by the sort of the the last 200 meters but you've got the tarmac yeah. straight on there it is a bit of everything isn't it yeah and ian you've i've I, I looked it up. Do you know how many times you've raced Hugo Hyder? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would hazard a guess. It's been pretty much a World Cup every single year or a World Championships. So I'm going to probably say eight, nine. Oh, yeah, second one, nine times. Nine, right. oh, yeah. that's close. <laughs> so, yeah, so you are the expert. <laughs> and you would have seen it in lots of different forms. Oh, oh well, yeah, as, as it's changed. Well, one of the courses that has changed dramatically over the years because, yeah, do you remember, yeah, the first World Cup Worlds I did there, the the bypass where the steps were was was like 20 metres above your head and you raced up through town and basically did a huge portion of the course on tarmac. Um, It was really... Yeah, kind of a crit um, and now has completely changed because the bypass got taken down, dismantled and replaced with that kind of man-made lump next to the main road. <laughs> um, and the first few years we raced on that, it was so soft and boggy and almost running along the top section on flat grass. Um, but now it's kind of matured and ridden in and it, yeah, it's I think like Matt said, it just sums up cross in the lowlands. It's got a little bit of everything. For me, it's a great world's course because it's not too specialist. Like when we have worlds at Coxider or if we were ever to have worlds at Zonhoven, it's like, well, a sand specialist is going to win this bike race. Um, or if it's really like a hilly race like Namur or, or somewhere like that, you, you get these kind of specialist winners almost. Whereas Hugerheider... I mean, if it wasn't for the people on the start list, you would kind of say anyone can win on that course. Um, the biggest thing for me over the years that has changed that course is the weather conditions. So I yeah. did have a sneaky peek at the weather, and it looks warm and not too much rain all week. So it might be pretty damn fast with a few little muddy sections, but, yeah, kind of going to lead to maybe some really close racing. I think yeah. that... Part of the, with where the weather is, uh, and it's what you don't 
often see on the TVs. You come from the start, finish straight up the tarmac, you do the right-hand dive, you go over the bridge, you drop into the far section, you go around the far side of the wood, and there's a long, say long, 100-metre descent, almost. Um, long for that, of course. And then you do a right-hand turn, which is often starts to berm and bank, and it's in the trees, and it's quite, it's almost a fibrous surface under there. And that stays dry, but you then come out from that into the field, uh, out onto the section between the woods and the, the the road section. And it is still, because it's in that dip, if it rains at all, it's horrible. I mean, it's proper, you know, you pick your foot up and, and, and you've got mud stuck to the bottom of your shoe. You know, you walk across it and you've gained, even I get to six foot walking across that field because as you come over, it just builds up underneath you. And, then you've got this sort of the, the tarmac climb, which is actually harder than it looks again. And of course, at race speeds, I think for me, where, if it rains, if it's wet, it's a very different beast to when it's dry. Yeah, when I was thinking, when I was looking at the course map, I, I'd forgotten, to be honest, quite how many bits there are at Hugerheide that I really like watching. Yeah, as a as a spectator watching it on the TV, um, uh, so yeah, there there are lots of these those wooded sections where there's a risk reward calculation being taken on those. You know, you can try to close down, but if you overcook it, you're going to be off. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll see some of that at the weekend. And the the, the bit around you know the tree, which is sometimes in in very obviously, is sometimes not. Um, they've got the the the, the um. It's there on the course map this year, but I'm not sure that it was on any of the pictures that I've seen earlier this week. There's the, there's a triple, I'll say a triple bypass. That's a different thing, isn't it? It's a triple flyover um, where you kind of got three rows of, of riders going over together. And, um, I, I actually went over to Hugerheide, um while we were over the curse period this year. Um, I cycled up. Um, we were staying quite close to Lowenhout. Um and it's, it's within a nice ride distance from there. Um, and the thing that struck me actually there is the, you know, you've got the bits that we expect, but actually the finish straight, you know, and the, you know, the start straight, as you come off the bank and you do that turn onto the tarmac, it's actually really downhill. Yeah. That the beginning of that. And so it totally changes the nature of that finishing that, you know, the run into the finish and, I'd kind of hadn't realised just how how much of a slope that is uh, coming yeah. off the bank. I think when I've come, when I first, my, the first year I commentated on them, we were coming up there and we, I exited the, uh, entered, entered the uh, course basically at the top, at the end of the finish straight, where everybody congregates afterwards. And I walked down and I went all the way down into the dip and I looked up and I thought, okay. I've actually come down a long way here. I've got to walk all the way back to the commentary box, box up the back of this. And it's actually, and then I looked in front of me. I thought, yeah, that's much bigger than I remember it being on TV. And, and it is a classic. The camera does not show how tough that is. And I mean, I can only imagine, and, and, and I'm sure Ian can tell us, that at the end of lap one, that's you, you notice the, the descent, but you notice the hill in front of the rise on the tarmac. By the end of it, it must feel massive. Yeah, it's probably one of the hardest sections of the course because you run up the steps, jump on, then try and get across that off camber in one piece, and then you drop down onto the road. And then 
like you're both saying, it's a lot steeper down and up than what it looks on TV. And for me, the real interesting thing is sprint finishes here because there's definitely kind of like you want to get into that off camber first, but you don't want to lead the sprint out. So it's like a really (laughs) weird situation because coming down that finishing straight, slightly downhill, if someone's within five meters of you, in most sprint finishes, you're like, I can hold this, but they get such a rush on you on the downhill because the speed's high that they rush into the back of you going up the climb and they come past so quickly. So for me, if people are close at the end, it's such an exciting sprint finish. I think that is one of the good things about that course. And and, and I guess it makes predicting it even harder for us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, and he, you don't know until that very, very end of the race. And one of my most memorable bits of Hugerheider was the, oh, no, I can't remember which year it was, but when we had Alvarado and Verst racing for the win of the World Cup. Yeah. And Verst, uh, well, Alvarado slipped out on the bank yeah. right in that very oh. end. And I think we could well see in you know, some, uh, several of the races mm. this weekend people coming into that last that bank and depending on how well it holds up we could see you know tragedy and triumph <laughs> you know, on on that as you know people may make the you know the the crazy move to you know do or die type of thing coming down that bank um and it it may end up being messy um it and we, you know we could actually get some surprise wins of you know if a bunch comes in as to who's going to try to get through to do that really complex that you know, complex th- thing at the end, you know, you've got riders who will be overthinking it and you'll be riders who are just, you know, you know, meathead power and just put it <laughs> as much as possible all the way. And I've got no idea which strategy is best. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to do our predictions um, and we'll go through and talk about some of the, the riders as we go through. Um, you can play along, of course. Um, and so the, the there will be a link which is in the show notes. It'll be on all the socials. Um, and what you can do, you can go onto the link and you can tell us who you think is going to win all of the rounds. And for the elites, as a special bonus, you can tell us second and third as well. And you'll get points. And if you get a win, you'll get however many points it was, three. If you get someone in the wrong place, you get one. Have a look on the website. That's fine. It will tell you there. But basically, get all the positions in all the right places and you'll have won. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Neil Neil has run through the very simple version of the rules. Uh, If you want the full rules, email Neil. Get in touch on there. Don't ask me because I have to ask him every year. It's it's straightforward. (laughs) Just get them in the right order and you'll be doing well. So the first of the events is the relay. Um, Last year, I thought, oh, this is going to be that good. It'd just be a bit weird. But I thought it was great entertainment last year when we had like these the riders you'd never expect to see racing each other like you know van der putter and nash and <laughs> um, we had you know and you think i thought it was almost like persico came to the came to the fore in that race you know someone and you know this season you'll know all about persico but i think last year it was kind of we didn't really know much about her um and then you had that tonyati funston finish you know and you know for both of those riders what a great way to get profile um but I fear that we're not actually going to be able to see very much of it. 
I don't think we're going to be able to see any of it, sadly. Um, although that can change right up to the last minute, as can the entries, because I think, if my memory's right, riders don't have to declare for the race until the actual day of the race uh, for this. So it is a... Uh, it can be a lastminute.com team selection as well, dependent on who's feeling what on the day. And I think that's, uh, that's just to encourage more people going into it. But I think it's, I mean, I, I love the format. I've absolutely loved it. In I've been looking enough to uh, commentate on it at, at, at cross, at mountain bike, at uh, schools of racing, uh, at youth Olympics, you name it. And uh, you know what? It never, never ceases to be fun. And for me, it's often something that stitches the teams together and the squads together that you don't see elsewhere. And I think it's something probably that will help build the categories where particularly in nations, they don't maybe have a particular category. It's going to help that and help build that, which is, which is a great thing. You know, it does mean that we get more riders in more categories racing, which is, which is never a bad thing at all. So really going to be interesting to see who takes that out. 10 teams. Tell us the 10 teams for those people right. who can't work it out in the head, like me. Okay, so I'll tell you the ones that I thought when I read the teams, oh, they could win it. <laughs> Italy, I thought, oh, they could win it. USA, thought, oh, they could do well. Belgium, oh, of course they could win it. Canada, when you look down who's who Canada's got, you think, oh, they could be on the podium. Czech Republic, they weren't on my, they could win it. Poland, they weren't. Great Britain, I thought, oh, actually... We've got some pretty solid riders in all of the categories. France, again, Sweden. I hope that they're able to stick in for a bit of it, but they've got a few good riders, but not going to be winning it. And then Netherlands, of course. Well, they could also win it. So of the <laughs> 10, I think there were about six that I thought, oh, they've they got a good chance. So, so you really helped everybody there, Neil. Thanks, mate. <laughs> okay, let's take the Great Britain. Um, we're expecting Cat <clears throat> Ferguson and Zoe Backstead. Anna Kay, Ollie Akers, Joe's Blackmore, and Thomas Main. That's a good list of names, isn't it? It's a good list of names, but I'm going to get in there really, really uh, quickly and really fast and say I think they are going to struggle against the Netherlands <laughs> and even more so against Belgium because I think I'm going to plump for Belgium being the uh, winners there. There you go. I've got in quick before anyone goes jump in second. Yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of you know like when you're a kid at the dinner table. Yeah, the, yeah. If you don't get in, you don't eat. It's a bit like that. <laughs> no, there's no there's no rules about gridding about who goes first. Don't worry. I'm going for the team you just mentioned, but didn't pick the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> Neil is now like gutted. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got mine written down. So, advance, so you can check. Um, I've got a big sheet. So Matt, you say Belgium. <laughs> yep. Ian's gone Netherlands. Yep. Well, I've got Netherlands as well. Um, yep. I, I have a I, horrible feeling that I'm not actually going to be right on this one. But. <laughs> well, I think I, I think that I, I, I'm, I don't like to have to say this, but I think that some of these teams won't take the start. I really hope they do. But yep. um, I fear that some of them won't, and we and we could end up with you know a really interesting race. You know, say you know Canada, Great Britain, Italy. Are it you allowing be... a second pick, Neil? <laughs> well, you can have a second pick if you want, but um, it won't count. 
So, okay, okay, let's take out of those then. So from, if we take those Belgium and Netherlands out of it, this is a more interesting one. Who will be, who will, let's assume they're first or second. Who else are you going to have on the podium? Well, I'd actually go for France oh, on the podium. Okay. Yeah. Because if you think Berkey's been up top 10, Clozel's up top 10 rider, Biseo's riding strongly, Dubao is always strong in a championship. He rides better in championships than he does generally. He's one of those riders that pulls it out um, on the mountain bike, and I'm sure he can do the same. And he's been riding the World Cups reasonably strongly. He, they could well surprise everybody. Um, and I'd almost go there rather than Italy. So France, Ian? Well, I'm going to be very patriotic and say Great Britain. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Just just for balance then, I'm going to say Italy. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody said these, the, the states there. Well, again, yeah, I think that they've... Well, to be honest with me, I, I think... There are some ri- there are some riders there. Well, let's come on to them as we move on to some of the other categories, probably, <laughs> um, who could really be interested be up um, and be up there. Okay, the f- so the f- that's happening on Friday. Um, I hope we can get some coverage. Don't know at the moment, but we will get coverage of the junior women, which is the first race on Saturday. So, who wants to go first on the junior women? Can we just say before we go into that? <laughs> yeah. 50 riders, junior women's championship. Uh, and actually, of those 50 riders, probably any of them could be in the top 10. Brilliant, brilliant race field. Absolutely great to see. Junior World Cha- Women's World Championship. Uh, before we go anywhere with who's going to win it, I think this could be an absolutely cracking race. And I think anybody taking part in it is going to know they've been in a real race, real tough race in this one. I think it's really good to see. Um, predictions... Well, bit harder here, but well, sure. Um, I I said my prediction for this. It was the show when we had Amy Perryman on. Um, uh, was it and when I'm you picked stick with it? Home, Ava, uh, yeah, yeah. Or is it, well, you can't just say oh, Holmgren because that doubles your chances, <laughs> mate. <That's just laughs> not, you're not getting away with that one. Somebody somebody tried that at home. We we actually played this uh, around the dinner table last night, and we nearly all fell out in a very big family way. Uh, on this one, but yeah, no, episode you can't four have... was when we first started talking about the Holmgrens, Holmgren Ava. twins. Are you going um, for Ava? No, I'm going for Isabella. Okay, I'm going right. for Isabella Holmgren. Okay, interesting, interesting. Ian, oh, I've got to go sure. for hometown favourite Mollengraf. Yeah, it makes two of us. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I, I thought. That was more of an obvious one than perhaps some of the other categories. Um, I it, know... Do you know it would have been, apart from the last few results? Yeah, true, true. And that's kind yeah. of, for me, just sort of thrown it open a bit. And I have to say, I, if you turned around and said to me that Cat Ferguson had won it, I wouldn't be surprised. Because I think the phrase used by uh, Emma, who's a, uh, also a coach uh, here, she turned around and said, She's so bleeping, bleeping, bleeping hungry for it. That is just how much. But she then followed it up with the, but it could be absolutely nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Because Kat you know, she does really, really want it. And Imogen Wolf has actually been beating her. I I think you look at those riders, you know, you think, oh, they could well be there. But I think, yeah, it's 
for me, it's Molengraff is the rider to beat in there for sure. Yeah. So Lauren Molengraff, Dutch rider, you know, she's coming in on a series of decent results. Um, British riders to look out for Emily Carrick Anderson um, is racing for GB. Kat Ferguson, who we just mentioned and Imogen Wolf and also Elizabeth McKinnon, all of whom have been, yeah, well, they've, they've all been taking podiums all season. Um, yeah, and someone else, um, you know, we get a lot, have a lot of listeners in Ireland, and Anya Doherty um, is racing for Ireland. She's um, had a really strong race. season. She's 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 looked very at home in the World Cups. I've thought uh, on the way through. Um, yeah. I think uh, also, I think it'd be. Uh, I mean, if we're talking about riders, I would be really interested to see how uh, Musgrave goes from the States. Got my eye on uh, whether she's going to be uh, as fast as I suspect she will be. We'll see. We'll see. And Fleur Moles as well. Right. Let's go to the anyway. next race. <laughs> under under twenty three men. This was. I I I yeah. I found this so hard. Under twenty three oh. men. Take mm. a, take a dartboard, put the board, <laughs> put the piece of paper on it, throw it at it, and find and you'll you'll hit somebody who who you go oh they've done this and they've, they've done that you know. See the the difference between that and the junior women is the junior women, yeah, I know a quarter of the field, you know, and there's three quarters of them I don't know, and any of them could win. Whereas this one, you know, we know many more of them. So it's even worse because I still can't take my decision, <laughs> and I've just got more information. <laughs> Come on, let's let's let, let's see, let's let Ian go first on this one. Uh, for me, it's between two Del Grosso and Nice. I think Racecraft. I'm going to have to go Nice. But he DNF'd at the weekend. He did DNF, and you you did mention that earlier. <laughs> the only thing I would say from a riding point of view and a little bit of coaching point of view, if a rider's flying a week out from Worlds, I feel like they've done something wrong, unless it's just that normal level, like a Vanderpoel or a Wout. <laughs> I feel like you want to be in a little bit of a hole in terms of how much work you've done. And then you're going to come out of that and peak the following weekend. So hopefully Nace just overdid it and it wasn't his back issues. Like if his back issues, Del Grosso, but (laughs) (laughs) Nace pulled out because he's overdone it training wise, then he's going to lay in bed this week, open up a few times on the cross bike. And yeah, I think the race craft, he's just, when it comes down to a race, he nine times out of 10 has won it. So yeah, how many times this this season have we seen him not actually be leading with a lap to go or two laps to go, or he's in a group, but he still just pulls it out? And I think yeah, I think you're hundred percent there. I've I've got to agree with with Ian. I've gone with uh, uh, Nice, and in fact, my my top three, uh, if I had to give three, would be Nice de Grosso and Vasurum, because I think Vasurum is very very likely to be there, but. The stringer in there, Mewson. You've got Grindel Havardings. <laughs> you know, <laughs> should, we, should we just keep on going? Because there's just so many. I mean, the GB riders, Corin Carrick Anderson, is a proven race winner when it comes to championships. He's another of these riders who always pulls it out. And Joe Blackmore, you know, 
we've got a potential podium, I think, there from from a GB point of view in that under twenty three. If it goes right, if it goes to plan, and but the strength in depth through this field is is just scary. What about you, Neil? Nice as well. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're either all going to win or we're all going to lose points here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I mean, someone else I'm, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see is Strohmeyer from um, USA. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're going to. I, you know, one of my general predictions across all of the races actually is I think we're going to see USA riders challenging in the first half of the race. No, I think they're really going to go for it, um, and because that's the only way they're going to get. Um, that they're going to get the opportunity um, and then we'll see how much endurance they've got. They haven't got the experience, you know, of being at the front in a field of that quality in quite the same way as, yeah, I, I don't know, Vichura or Aaron Docks, you know, and these and people the way, that you, yeah. The, and the way, it's, no matter how good your race field is and the, the fields in the States are really, really strong, it's just fair. It's like racing a, a league in Scotland versus the South West versus Yorkshire versus even Yorkshire to, to, to the Knots and Derby League in your local league. They still ride differently just because of the regular competition against the same people. And I think that's one of the things. If you've been riding the continental scene and you've been riding regularly against people, it falls into a pattern. And I think that's something with that pattern, learning that pattern can take it. Uh, and I think, like you say, Neil, going for it from the word go is going to be key. Um, I, that, yeah. that first right-hand corner uh, on this race, uh, coming off the tarmac, <laughs> into potentially what is the first narrowing point and into the woods. Yes, going to be a... Was it, was it um, watch for your fingers. Last year, where the, it was you know, in, in in the woods, it was uh, in that first lap. It was kind of the strong favourite. It was all over. You know, they were they had one off, yeah. and by the time yeah. they're back up again, yeah, it's never going to have it back from there. And I think well, I, I yeah, we could well see some of that where it's it's all over within ten seconds of yeah, the start I, coming into I, that I first think corner. First, and that first corner, even the uh, think back to sort of the first time I was actually there in person commentating, it was the same. It was the same. Uh, the, getting off that tarmac is key. Yeah. Um so yeah, and they're all quick. So yeah. Right, okay then. Elite women. We have no Voss. Um so we're gonna have a a, a new um, world champion for this year, but will it be uh, someone who's never been world champion before? <sighs> this time we're going for a full podium. There's a lot of options here. Aren't there? <laughs> <laughs> St- cross riding is strong, but I, I think if I'm honest, of all the race fields, this field has what 34 riders um, due to uh, due to race. I'm not sure that. It's the strongest field we've had. And that's to take nothing away from the, the winners. Just in terms of the depth, there seems to be almost a, a two-speed, two levels in there. There's the regulars and the rest. And that, that kind of, for me, it does narrow it down a little bit, picking your choices to get into one half or the <laughs> other. But then once you're in with the <laughs> up at the top, then it's like, oh, okay. But, oh, I mean, let's talk about some of the people maybe I, I want to see do well, but Persico, no, I don't think he's going to be there. I'd love to see Magli Rochette have a good race. I feel that she's not had the season she had the previous season. She's just not been there, and I really love her to go out of this season 
going really well. I'd, yeah, I'd like she, to see her get something from this at the Worlds. That'd be great. Yeah, maybe she'll get a team team medal. It could be, but I don't. I just can't see her being right in there. Honsinger, I mean, she was out of the race before it even began at Besançon. You know, just DNF, you know, just taken straight out. And she looks absolutely distraught going out. Well, either that or murderous. Take your pick. I'm not quite sure I can read the, <laughs> read the difference between the two at the distance we saw, but... Um, It'd be really, really interesting. I I know my pace. It's it's it, and I hate to say this because it's it's fairly predictable. But Fen van Empel, top spot, uh, and this caused ruptures in in our household because uh, <laughs> I've got Puck Peters in uh, second place. Yeah, not the other way round. Uh, Tim, who is absolutely switched on, does a lot of the uh, does a lot of background work on air, all these riders has ridden. He's actually got them the other way around, and uh, um, there was a bit of a bit of a slagging match over the table about who picked which way round it was. Uh, but I am going to go that way, and I'm going to go uh, with Lucinda Brand for that third spot. Good choice. She's won there before. She's won there before. She's a former world champion. She's also a rider for a big ride. Another going exactly. back to my some riders are good on one big ride, and I think I think she wants it. She'll want it as well, you know, enough to to go there and to put everybody else in in trouble. Um, but yeah, be interested to see what you two go for. Shall I go next? Yeah. Um, my well, I'm going to go from third. Third, I also had brand. Oh. <laughs> Second, first. Okay. First, really is Peters. <laughs> Are you mad? The first. Are you mad? <laughs> Seriously. Yep. I mean, to take nothing away. What, what's what's going to happen to Van Empel? She's going to get abducted by aliens or something on the way around. You know <laughs> what happened was I think Puck's going to win it. And I, I really want to be cheering for Burst and Brand. So I've gone so, with so who there's I think a whole lot of heart, and there's a whole complete lack of sense um, gone in there. <laughs> lack of sense isn't the way I would express it, but um, <laughs> probably yeah. I well, t- before you say too much, oh. let's hear what Ian's got to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I quite like Neil's reverse, so I'm going to go third, uh, Persico. Oh, she had a breakthrough ride, Huga Hyder last year with fourth, I think it was, and then going on to medal mm. at Worlds the following week or two weeks later or whatever it was. Um, so I think she'll come back for third. We've seen her do well this year already, but not quite be on top form. Hopefully that was because she had a decent break after a really heavy road season and is like just getting better week on week now. Um, second, I've gone for Puck. Yeah, and not abducted by aliens. I think Van Empel will win it. Nah, quite predictable, but I just can't see those two not being first and second. I, I, I really struggle to see them not being first or second. I think it's going to take something major. Yeah, uh, I think that will have. Uh, I mean, if something does change to that, it'll make Ian and my job very, very easy because it'll be something major has happened, and we're going to have lots to talk see, about. I think that Brandon <laughs> and I mean, Verst, I, Brandon Verst, 
the reason why I've got both oh, of them in on. there is I think this is of any race, this is one where they can turn it up to eleven when they need to. No, they've they are they've they've got that additional you know, they they can dig deep when it's important. And if they're in with a shout, I think that they could stay with Puck and Femme. And I think that Brand and Burst will bring their racecraft to get ahead of Femme as they come into the bank at the end. Oh, I and think that's Puck really... The front. Oh, I don't know. That's so, so tough. I think... Um... The only that's thing that, not, I'm just explaining my that would make yeah. a great race. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. <laughs> I, anyway, I let's, you who none yeah. of us have mentioned Alvarado, and that's actually you know, one of our picks in our house. And I, I think she's another rider who is likely to put it out. But I think maybe that run of bad form, look, the comeback has not quite got to the level she needs it to be at. I tell you what, 24 hours ago, I had an Alvarado versus Brand. <laughs> sorry did i just wake up in 2018 <laughs> i know <laughs> that was exactly what i thought um, but because um i i i yeah based on the experience coming to the end but then i then i've had a moment of sanity and thought nah, <laughs> you call your pick of three the moment of I know, sanity. Yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> okay and just before we move on from the elite women what about anna Kay? i feel like the amount of time she's done on the turbo it goes one or two ways you either come off the turbo like Matthew Heyman and you win Roubaix <laughs> or you come off the turbo like Brand and you forget how to ride a bike for a few weeks because yeah. she really struggled after that hand injury for a good few weeks there. Yeah. And she said she was surprised herself because she'd been on the turbo the whole time, hadn't really missed all that much training. So it really goes one or two ways. And I'm hoping it's the Heyman way for Anna Kay because, yeah, she's a great rider and, yeah, support the Brits to the end kind of thing. But, yeah, it's it's an unknown and I'm sure it's probably a little bit of an unknown for her. Um, so... It's a tough call. Anna, Anna is made of tough stuff. We know that. You know, she's taken some knocks and she's she's got back up again. And she's got a grounding in skills-based riding. You know, if you think back to her days in Nutcracker Mountain Bike Race Team, racing in all of those, uh, the National Series, in the Nutcracker Race Series, uh, as a youngster, those skills ingrained in, I think are probably there more in Anna than they are in Lucinda. But I think... The damage that was done, I think, was potentially more severe. I, I would love to see Anna be bloody hell. I would love to see Anna take take the top spot, but I don't. I hate to say this, but I don't think it's going to happen. And I think it's a bit of a: Do you even choose to ride, knowing that you're not going to get what you want out of it? And is that just more demoralising? This turning up and coming in, and, you know down not down in the lower levels of that race but it's not like she needs international race experience she's 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 an experienced cookie at this now well i hope that she, we're wrong and she gets on the podium you know oh, um, me too um, <laughs> you changed the direction well, no no <laughs> build me off the top of the commentary before, box before we do um change our predictions um you know we'll have had a nice sleep you know people will have had a, a few beers that night i think and so you know do get up early the following morning to watch the junior men um you know and juniors can actually race first thing in the day yeah, a little, 
<laughs> no, towards the mountain bike schedule. Um, so, okay, right then. First thing on Sunday morning, we have got huge field junior men competition. Um, British riders in this, Ollie Akers, Alfie Amy and Seb Grindley. Who's going to go first? <laughs> no one wants to. <laughs> this is the race where that gun goes or the light goes green and they just go mental. It's like caged animals being released onto the course. And if there's going to be a mass pileup, we all know it's going to be the junior men. Um, so one of the one of the many favourites could be taken out in the first lap sort of thing. Yeah. You, you never know, like, this could be, I know we had Worlds last year, but they were in America, so perhaps a few of the people that even favourites this year didn't travel or perhaps weren't favourites last year. And you just don't know at that age how they're going to perform under pressure. Some people crack, some people thrive. Um, so for me, I feel like I'm just going to go on recent form mostly <laughs> and hope <laughs> that Vandenboer will hold on to his recent form and win for Belgium. So Seppe Vandenborg. Yes, yes. Okay. This, and this, Matt's done the same. Yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't, I haven't, because I really seriously um, considered uh, Jordi Corsas. I seriously thought about him. And then in the end, I dropped him right down into third position in my my overall prediction i just thought no it's not gonna it's not gonna happen uh and then i kind of went to 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 uh vanderberg because uh, i thought oh no no it's good. but i'm gonna have to go uh, i have to say it's gonna be vanderberg competitive me comes out i'm not going for an outsider <laughs> i am gonna go for i think realistically firm favorite in a field where you can't almost have a favourite. I mean, I'd See, love... I, I'm going to go for Victor Vandenberg. So we've got yeah. Vandenberg and Vandenberg. You're um, going for my so I'm going second for, pick, yeah. For, for Victor. Um, Corsus, I agree, is, uh, is on form. But I think where he's been performing well has been a very different type of course yeah. recently. And that's that's why I'm not so sure with him i think um other riders that i'm going to be interested to see i, th I think that english us rider is someone to look out for and if he can get a decent start i think that daniel english could well be up there you know when he gets it when you know, he's had a series of decent results um and uh, you know someone someone to look out for don't but, not yeah. Magnus White either. I think another rider who who could transfer skills over. So that'd be very, I think, it'd be interesting if it, if it pulls down all day and all weekend and it's absolutely grim. The course is cut to pieces. Um, so Grindley's running. Come on, his legs are like a foot longer than anybody else's. <laughs> you know, he's just like these 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 beam pole running across the field at like half as fast as anyone else. You you could see him. Being right in the mix, and it's the same for Acres. Uh, and we have uh, Joseph Mullen from Ireland, and I think is it Liam O'Brien? Yeah, Liam O'Brien is racing is over from Ireland as well. So I think Ireland are only sending three riders to the World Champs this year. 
Yeah. All of whom are juniors. Which shows that they're looking at that that progression. I mean, you know, I, and again, you, you look at Ollie Akers, Alfie Amy, and uh, Seb Grindley. You talk about Grindley and running. Uh, you know, Ollie Akers and Alfie Amy. Alfie Amy pulls it out time and time again. Uh, Ollie Akers pulls it out in big events. You know, yeah. if he, he's always shown that that he'll pull it out in a big event. But he is another. He, he's another rider who it's either amazing. Or it all goes very pear shaped very, very quickly. And, you know, that, that could happen to Ollie again. And, and, and I'm hoping it doesn't. As we are, you know, we want everybody to race it out right the way to the, uh, yeah. to, to the finish and uh, see, see where that goes. Um, well, speaking of British riders, let's move on to the under 23 women. <sighs> where we have Zoe Bastard. <laughs> oh, 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 is that just the big flag from Neil Lewis picked? <laughs> and Ella McLean Howell. Uh, for the <sighs> British riders, Zoe has to be one of the favourites, isn't she? Uh, one of the favourites. There are there. You, you're using the <laughs> plural here when this should be a singular, as far as uh, as far as this race is gone. Favourite for second. The first person after the winner <laughs> uh, is uh, likely. Uh, come on, let's let's just get this out. Yeah, let's get it out of the way. Shirin Van Anroy should walk away with this, unless something really happens. Somebody, somebody gives a food poisoning. Somebody get, feeds a blowfish or something stupid. You know, <laughs> some poison, dangerous fish is, is sushi or something. Come on, she she is so good this season. And what started off as being good in one sort of, you know, looking like she was really good in one type of riding, she's looked good across a lot of different riding. She's looked good in the sand. She's got looked good on fast courses. She's looked good. Mass Mecklen, she was right in the mix there and taking them on. And that was, in some ways, very similar to what we're going to see at Hooger Hydra in terms of the banks and the turns. It's, I would, I really struggle to see beyond her being up there. And that's not to take anything away from anyone else. It's just that she is... You know, come on, she's she's. There's only been three riders won elite women's World Cups this year, and she's one of them. How do you how do you choose against that? Please Ian, tell me you what, haven't. How have you chosen against that? Or I have haven't. You? <laughs> <laughs> it's really easy. That's my pick. Right? Should we get get that out of the way? Get, get it out of the way. Anybody not picked Sharon? No. I've picked Sheeran as well. <laughs> there you go. Right. Now we've got that out of the way. Oh, Zoe Backstead's riding. And we talk about riders who want it. Um, yeah. She's just Let's getting better and better. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and just, I, I, I don't know about you, In I kind of felt like she's, she's, she's really found herself a home at EF Education. And she's found in, 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 in Clara Honsinger and the, the the team, a real somewhere where where it doesn't just look after her on the bike, but she's actually really really happy off the bike as well. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely key. She had a good break after the road season, and since then, as just you can see the progress week on week. Um, it's been really good to see. Um, touching on that, not one hundred percent sure it's worked for Honsinger this year, but no. <laughs> Um, no, well, maybe it's maybe it's you're a bad influence, Zoe. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, like personal circumstances when it comes to Honzing and what's gone on kind of off the bike, on the bike, affecting her race results. But, it, yeah, it's certainly worked for Zoe. And, yeah, better week on week. And I would have her down as as silver for sure in, in the under-23 women. 
and I think this race we won't get a clean sweep this year of Dutch riders. You know, we've, if you look at the under 23 women, we've got other riders in there who could compete. You know, we've got Zoe, of course. Lena Berkier um, is in there. You know, I don't think Lizzie Gonzalez and Madigan Monroe will be quite there this year, but I think they could have a chance of, of being on, on the podium maybe in other, other years. You know, so I think that there are more in this race. Um, do you know who do I've picked uh, in? Marie like, Schreiber as well. Marie, Marie Schreiber, Schreiber has been a podium pick. She, she, you know she's going to go off. She's One of the things for her, she, she always goes off faster then tends to fade. And I think this is if you're going to pull it out in something, this is where you keep that going. And I think this could be, she'll see this as a chance. I, I think Schreiber for a Schreiber for a podium. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I think that is likely to happen. Um, Seven over has been riding well for the Czech Republic as well. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, I think as an outside bet, you could go with that. But, you know, you look at Millie Cousins, Ellen McLean, how, again, great riders who we know are likely to uh, be in there and, and pushing for position. I, 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 would, I would, I think, you know, yeah, very hard I think to this choose. race is the, the, the one that would be really interesting. But of all of them, I think this is the one where I think we could see someone just get off the front at, at the and stay there. But the elite men, we do often see people get off the front and stay there. I hope that doesn't happen this year. And I, I don't know which one I would choose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> okay. Come on. Come on. Let, if, okay, so, go so go to got... Sonhoven. You, it would have been an easy pick. Go a week later. And then two weeks later, you might have suddenly changed your mind completely. Uh, he says, probably giving away so, exactly what he was thinking over the last few weeks. <laughs> so, Matt, so I was about to say today, I am mostly choosing uh, the following riders. It is indeed uh, Vanderpool for the win with Wout Van Aert in second and in third place. Uh, much as it pains me to say this with Neil on the same call, Lawrence Feek. Okay. There Any you advance go. on that, Ian? Third place, Lars van der Haar. Yeah. Really? He's Isn't... just going to sit in the wheels, sit in the wheels, and come out five metres before the finish line for a bronze <laughs> medal. He's yeah. so crafty and gets it right at world so many times. I mean, last yeah. year, did you see that coming, second? No. <laughs> I, I agree a hundred percent on those points. I just think this it with the forecast being that bit drier and not quite as muddy, I just don't see it being he, he's really good when it gets it, it's like it can't be bone dry, but it can't be you know he, he needs some mud, I think Lars, and then you see him really come into those skills on his own, and then you're not quite. It's so difficult. I, I don't think it's a bad pick. I mean, I was, I've got, do you know why I went with Sveik? I've gone with Sveik because I think he is going to be on such a mental high. And for me, that's what came out of Bissanson. That See, uh, he, he was uh, his... sitting in the wheels and he sat in the wheels. When have you ever seen him that? He was sitting there in that group. And then Lawrence Sveik went, oh, do you know what? I could be up here. Exactly. And he got there and then he made it stick. And for me, that was him totally in his head just going yeah i deserve to be this is this is me i'm where i'm supposed to be and i think he'll he'll want that but well, i don't know come on then 
Give us it, Neil. Second. Second. Vanderpoel. And <laughs> 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 first. Um, Van Art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty predictable for the front two, but obviously the other way around to Matt. Mm. I just think even when Van der Poel's... So take Benidorm. I don't think Van der Poel was stronger. I think he was craftier. He was willing to risk it more. He was willing to fight more. Um, and I just think Hugerheider might come down to horsepower uh, a little bit more. And I think Wout has that in abundance. Yeah. But Wout has he's got more horsepower. But <laughs> this is this is home race. This is the Grand Prix, Andre Vanderpol. This is the race that is on his doorstep. And it's a world's and he's just found that his back's working again. <laughs> I do think... you think he doesn't want it as much as well? Really? Oh, no. Of course he wants it as much, but can he provide? Um, <laughs> I think one key area for me is the organiser of the race is a certain Adri van der Poel. There is no way he is not going to put full 40 centimetre planks in very close together. And where they come on the course, if van der Poel can ride those full gas, Wout can't. We know that. If he can hold that to the line, that could I, be that could be the only way he wins. I reckon. I had a message today oh. um, from Lotta and saying that the the pl- planks have been moved so they're closer to the finish. So they're in a different well, place. They've normal. always been very close to the finish. I don't know if they've been moved closer. Could that would be yeah. Vanderpol moving them himself? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which one or both? both <laughs> Maybe there was Matthew, Matthew on one end and Andrea the other end, picking them up and carrying them, moving them as far as they dare and see how far they get shunted back by the, uh, by the commissary. First time we've ever seen planks on the road finish. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, that would that'd be too easy well, then for surely. <laughs> uh, well, we've got one and one. You know, I'm, of course, I've got the same one and two. And. I have to say they've they've even been switching in the last few minutes. Because <laughs> I I don't know. I, I, get off that fence. You're going to get splinters. So, Come on. So difficult. Um, let me tell you what the way round. I think Van Wout is is more likely to be able to um, to keep his head. And if things go wrong, I think he will keep his head much better um, in the race of this level. Whereas Matthew. He's just. I, I think if things go wrong for him, his back will suddenly start hurting. Yeah. So it, did it you not see clean... the state of Welt Welt's face? <laughs> right. But honestly, it was it was like somebody had told him we won the lottery, then taken it away from him at Benidorm. But I think that Matthew is um, that if they come together into the finish, I think that Matthew. Was is going to be able to out sprint well, so I think based on really based on I, what? <laughs> well, I think he'll be able to um, get himself in a position right ahead, okay, yeah, racecraft. That, yeah, 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 in a racecraft sense rather mm. than a horsepower sense. Yeah, okay. Um, so I'm going to go with Matthew first. Oh. Um, 
well second. I, I and think, keeping I think the faith. M- come on. This might be a worse brand type of decision. Mason in third. Ooh. <sighs> interesting. Very, very interesting. So, yeah. So we've got Dave. Cam Mason and Thomas Main, um, the British riders in there. But Cam is getting closer and closer to the front every race. And he is the type of rider who will be able to pull it out on a big day. And it's a, it might be an optimistic um, pick there, but um, yeah, I'm going Mason for third. I don't think it's a bad <sighs> shout because his season has been based around winning national champs and doing a ride at Worlds. Like he hasn't had overalls to go for. He did a really good training camp in Cyprus, um, building up towards nationals. That form's going to hold. He's not raced too much since nationals so obviously got another block of training in so i do like your thinking on that one i just struggle to see him kind of i feel like you need to be racing that front group week in week out and learn how to win from that group and he hasn't got that experience just yet but i think he'll be in that front group behind the big two and if not this year how long until we'll get him on the? We'll, we could see him on the podium, you know, notwithstanding life. But you know. yeah, I think in the next. Well, depending what he actually actually wants to do, um, I don't particularly know where he's going with things after this season because yeah. I'm sure he'll have offers from just hundred percent cross teams um, if he wants them. But we'll see. I think. But does he? Does he want to? Exactly. <laughs> Cameron is an absolute dreamer. He's an he's a dreamer. He you can imagine him laying in bed and in up above his head on the on the on the on the ceiling is a picture of a rider in a yellow jersey or a picture of somebody on some cobbles or a picture of somebody riding the mountain bike in in Whistler or you know he's 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 up there. He's a thinker and I think that means that he may be conflicted. And, and, and I think that's where you you see somebody, he reminds me so much of Tom in a lot of ways in his physical build, his riding style, his cornering. But you've then got that, do you want to be a tour rider? Do you want to be a classics? Do you want to be a cross specialist? What do you what do you want? It's not necessarily what you say you want. It's not what it says on the, the front of the T-shirt. It's what it says on the back of the T-shirt that you don't realise is there that's actually nagging away and actually says... Yeah, actually, I really want to be a, you know, I want to have the, the KOM on Sakalobra or I want to be riding <laughs> yeah. up, you know, I, I want to be the first person to do the Trans-Siberian race and, and win it by four days. You know, it could, it could be something as, as as crazy as that. And, you know, I think there's no end to his talents. I, yeah. As long as he can hold himself together and, and stay focused, and I think for the world to get a world's medal, you've got to be focused. And I think in your point is of being racing regularly at that level, you've got to be able to do that. And I think that's maybe that next step. If he does it, I wouldn't put him, you know, I wouldn't say no to a medal at all. But, yep. you know, until he does that, I think I think it is that it's almost like you've got to, you've got to do your apprenticeship to get the key to unlock the gate. Yeah. And for those who are traveling out, I hope you have a great time. Um, and, you know, in particular in this race, um, 
so it doesn't get a lot of coverage but if you've not been to many of the races um have a look out for costa rica's um felipe nistrum spencer yeah he's been doing some of the circuit this year really popular amongst the crowd um, hey uh, the cameraman this weekend yeah. had him on 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 shot as well well great rider he won't be at the front but is far enough back to really have a lot of fun um and um yeah give it everything and then g- give a lot of entertainment as well really um good rider to watch out for and one of the characters of this year's cross on the ground so you get your predictions in do share the the prediction spreadsheet to the prediction um, quiz um, online, chat amongst your clubs and your friends, and see who can do the best. Um, have, and you can even see what the what the scores will um, the marking is um, on that. So normally we say, where can we find you this weekend, Ian? I think you're on the mic. Yeah, I'm commentating on all the races for GCN Eurosport Discovery. Um, so yeah, I think it's me. Martin McDonald and Helen Wyman on all the races. And then we got Powers on the ground in Hoogerheider for those kind of live clips that he did last Just year. Getting overexcited. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty, yeah. He'll be wrapping his way around the course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt, you're also on the mic. I am, indeed. So uh, the way it kind of works is uh, the... Uh, the TV coverage is filmed and uh, I get to uh, play with all the rest of the world uh, until I can put words to the action that goes out uh, everywhere that isn't geo-blocked. So where you've got GCN and uh, Ian and the team are going to be uh, uh, trying to contain Jeremy's brapping uh, <laughs> on the way through, uh, then uh, where that is, then that will be the the coverage. So if your computer is sat and your location is GB, you're going to get uh, Ian and the gang uh, or if anywhere that's covered by GCN. If you're out in Brazil or if you're the people don't take the uh, don't have their own coverage, then it gets the UCI world feed, and that's where I'm going to be putting words to the action. But I am going to be there. I must admit, in uh, in person, and uh, um, I will be making sure we might have a uh, where's where's Jeremy instead of a where's Wally out on the course going on. So if Ian and Co, if you lose him, Ian, just send me a WhatsApp, and in between commentary, I will try and send you a message saying. I last saw him uh, stuck here, there, or wherever, <laughs> or engaged with somebody in a heated conversation stroke, <laughs> cheering from the sidelines very loudly. <laughs> and Ian, where can we find more, more about um, Veld Coaching? Uh, on the website, veldcoaching.com. Fairly, fairly easy to find all the information on there about what coaching I offer, lots of different things, plans, monthly coaching, uh, one-on-one skills coaching, kind of got everything, everything covered brilliant good stuff well thanks everyone for the coffees you can um, support the show by going to uh, buymeacoffee.com um, and slash crosscast um, so that gets converted into some budget that we then spend on hosting fees that we pay for 12 months of the year to keep the show on the road so it's been great chatting thanks Ian thanks Matt um, enjoy your time at the world champs everyone and until next time we'll see you on the other side of the tape bye